What's up, Dunwoody? Welcome back to the What's Up, Dunwoody podcast. All right, welcome back to the What's Up, Dunwoody podcast. I'm here, as usual, with Matt the Realtor and Nancy Jester and Mike Davis. Uh, Nancy, you are the DeKalb County... Commissioner. Commissioner. The for commish, District 1. The right? commish, the yes, commish. that's right. Yeah. And, and Mike, you're her chief of staff? Correct, right? correct. Okay, uh, Nancy, you're pretty active on Twitter. Could you describe in a, in a Twitter-length sentence... What you do as the commissioner? Well, that's a lot of pressure, man. I know. I know. Um, Some people go on for like minutes about what they do, though. So we'll be counting your characters. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> One. No, that's okay. Three. Wow. Okay. So I've already lost it. Um, I've already lost it. Well, so uh, DeKalb County's big county. It's divided up into five districts and two super districts. So I am the county commissioner for District One, which is the most municipalized area. Uh, so we're responsible for a host of services, sanitation services, your water sewer services, um, and we do have services that cities, some cities avail themselves to and some don't, like policing and fire. Uh, so we, we provide those services and, and a host of other things. So the commission uh, reviews all that. And we also have the CEO form of government. So we, it's kind of like a strong mayor type of government in, in a way. Uh, and then we've got uh, the commission. We have to approve all the budgeting, procurement, all kinds of stuff, set policy, rules, all that, all that business. So that's what we do. You're kind of the communication between the cities and the state too, right? Is that? Well, um, in a way, there are things for which the county is obligated um, as sort of an agent of the state, you know, on down that line. Uh, but the cities also have a relationship with the state right. as well. So it d depends on what it is, depends on what sort of line of uh, business you're talking about, you know, cool. through the state. Has Dunwoody been a pain since we became a city? Well, so I was not um, the county commissioner before cityhood. In fact, I think uh, when I was elected, I was the first commissioner elected who lived in a city and was elected to serve as a county commissioner at the time I was elected. So um, I've only had the relationship, I live in Dunwoody, so I live in the city, Yay. and I've only had the relationship as a commissioner uh, with Dunwoody as a city. And so I have the city of uh, Dun all of Dunwoody, northern half of Brookhaven, northern half of Shambly, all of Doraville, and most of Tucker, uh, but not not the southern part of Tucker. But you favor so. us then. <laughs> so obviously, obviously, I have to have relationships with the cities, oh. good relationships. So with it all. seems like you had a good relationship. So, yeah. Oh, absolutely. The, yeah. The ex mayor. I mean. Yeah. So I, I view the cities. I mean, obviously, all, I have 170,000 ish constituents, and then the city governments themselves, I try and treat like a constituent <laughs> themselves, uh, and keep the leadership, the councils. Uh, you know, apprised of important things. So it's important that I have good relationships with those elected officials, and I think we do. And we do. And um, Mike is is very helpful with that. So Mike came on. I'd been on the commission about two years, mm -hmm. and uh, so I asked Mike to come to work for me. And he's just it, it's been perfect because he can step into the role with all the knowledge that he brings from being the mayor of Dunwoody and all the relationships he brings from oh, being the mayor of Dunwoody. I'm sorry, you were the mayor of Dunwoody? Right. Oh, I thought it was Shambly. I, got, I had it wrong this whole time. <laughs> oh. He doesn't listen well, there to what we, go. Say. Yeah. we won't tell Eric Clarkson. Yeah, yeah, yeah. don't tell Eric Clarkson. Yeah. Somebody didn't give me the right show notes, apparently. <laughs> now, now, Eric would actually be a great uh, guest. I heard he's he entertaining, yeah. Oh, he's a... He's a really entertaining that's yeah. a good yeah. word to put it yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but anyhow my, my job has been um 
Interesting. I, as the mayor, I, I, I basically acted as the ambassador to the county and to the state and whatever else. And so I got to know the other mayors and the CID leaders um, in, in, in District 1. And we have multiple CID. Com- we have three uh, CIDs yeah. in What's that stand for? Uh, commercial Improvement District. Community okay. Improvement Ooh. District. But isn't it a community in some... But, but it is a it commercial. Is commercial in some, commercial. Yeah. It can be it, community or commercial. Yeah. It can go either way. Yeah. So we you guys have like a mayor planning meeting where everybody gets together and... Well, the nice thing about DeKalb County, um, when I first came on, Dunwoody was the first city, um, a new city that came along, and the county was, I think, about 13% uh, inside cities. So when, Dun- when Dunwoody became a city... It was larger than the, the four next largest cities population-wise in the county. So that was a major move forward. And then when Brookhaven came, too, that, that brought it. So now we're about, in, with the inclusion of Tucker and now Stonecrest, we're about 40% uh, municipalized. And the vast majority of Nancy's district, District 1, is, um, is in cities. I think it's, what, somewhere in the 90% yeah, range. Yeah, I have a little sliver of unincorporated. Mm-hmm. And so it, it makes it nice for us because... First of all, the cities take the brunt of, of the questions from the citizens, whereas the other commissioners, they are the first form of government that the citizens deal with. In District 1, most of the citizens have a city to deal with. So they call their, their city commissioner, their city council, or their mayor, or their city manager to find out what they want. And if it turns out to be a county issue, they call us. But we deal with the mayors often, and we deal with the CIDs often. And they... They pretty much do a, a they do a fabulous job of taking care of their areas. And one of the things, Mike, um, you can talk about too is that we have a um, a group called the uh, DeKalb Municipal Association, which is a subunit really of the Georgia Municipal Association, which represents cities across Georgia. So DeKalb, the DMA, represents cities across DeKalb. And a former uh, Decatur mayor wasn't Bill Floyd was Bill the Floyd. mayor of Decatur for many years and. Uh, very highly respected and he is the executive director is not mm-hmm. his title mm-hmm. for the DMA and they have meetings um, monthly, monthly meetings, meetings monthly that meetings, I go yeah. to mm-hmm. and, and the mayors and city council members and managers city managers go and mm-hmm. it's a good forum to for everybody to cross-pollinate and keep track right. of what's going on so you like all the incorporations so you're not the immediate first complaint well I, you know I was um, I will say too and and you know Mike chime in if if you you know, what with your thoughts. I think when Dunwoody formed, there was a very antagonistic relationship city to county. There definitely was, right? Um, I wasn't there at the time, but you can look back and you can see that. I do think, and even with my time on the um, commission, there's been a maturation process of the relationships between the city and the county now. It's not so adversarial. It's not so, well, you, you know, pick up your toys and went home with them you know it's not it's not that so much every once in a while it peeks up you know we, we see it <laughs> from time to time because we took a lot but, of money from them is that well um we can go into the finances um uh in a minute but um but there there isn't that 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 same you know sort of attitude hanging out in the air now because you've had the city of Brookhaven you have the city of Tucker form and the city of Stonecrest and the the way the services have worked out the service delivery from county to city and city within itself I think there's an understanding now and so and people are working well together generally speaking so um, as far as the money goes um, that's an interesting thing and what I've I've given speeches to different groups and a lot of people don't realize this so this is I think kind of um, beneficial to your audience too to understand county finance yeah dumb it down for our audience (laughs) (laughs) 
Well, I think sorry, it, audience. You, you, Easy for, with the acronyms. So we, 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 we <laughs> for have, those kids on summer break. <laughs> <laughs> we have the smartest audience in all of Dunwoody listening. I know. Yeah, right. I know. Well, th- we'll, we'll make it real easy. Um, but because I, I think it really is, it is simple. I know finance freaks everybody out, but it's actually pretty simple. So you don't pay just one millage rate to the county of DeKalb in your property taxes. Um, it doesn't just go in one bucket. We have lots of buckets. So I think we have seven buckets. Think of a, each. And, and so you pay a millage rate for each bucket uh, if you use that service. So, for instance, we have a police millage rate. Well, you don't pay that in Dunwoody because you have Dunwoody Police Department, so you don't pay the, poli- the county police millage because that would be redundant. You pay the fire millage because you do use DeKalb Fire Department, uh, so you pay that. Um, everyone, regardless of it, um, whether you're in incorporated or non-incorporated, you pay the general fund. That's the biggest one. So uh, the general fund covers operations of you know the county court system. That's a constitutional obligation of the county. We have to have this court system. So all the judges and so on, the sheriff, the jail, you have to. That's a county Animal obligation. Control. Animal control. There's certain obligations we have based on uh, you know the relationship, the constitution of the state that we have to provide. So. Uh, the court system, the sheriff, all these things that everybody in the county avails himself to regardless of whether you're in a city or not. So that's the biggest fund, that's general fund. Then you have fire, so if you're in the cab fire service area, uh, you pay pay that. The only people that don't pay that would be City of Atlanta. We have a little sliver of Atlanta in DeKalb, and the City of Decatur has their own. Everybody else uses DeKalb fire. So it's DeKalb police, so that's a millage rate, again unincorporated uh, pays that. Also Tucker and Stonecrest do because they use DeKalb police. Uh, They don't have their own city police. Um, Then we've got, um, let's see, sanitation is a fee. It's not a tax. Uh, So if you uh, use DeKalb sanitation, you pay a fee for that, fee for service. Uh, And then there are millage rates associated with the services of parks. And there's uh, one with roads and drainage. And let's see, what else? I'm, I probably am missing something. And then, of well, course, stormwater is and, one. Well, right, roads and drainage, that would be there. And and then, um, so if you use that service, you pay those millage rates. So in Dunwoody, for instance, so you pay the general fund, you pay the fire, you don't pay roads, you don't pay the stormwater fee, that goes to the city. You don't, uh, you do pay your sanitation fee. Um, and of course, the water sewer uh, that you use, you pay in, you know, your monthly bill. So back to your question about, or your point about, well, were people mad when, um, you know, did, did Dunwoody or do other cities take a lot of money with them? There is some financial implication there, but think about it this way, too. I mean, the vast majority of taxes that you pay to the county, um, you're still paying to the county. The, the, the only things you're not paying for are generally roads, um, police, uh, stormwater, right? Everything else you're still paying. So what happened is that then came off of your millage uh, rate property tax bill for for DeKalb and you pay um, a small millage rate to the city to deliver those services and as it turns out which is really good for um, the cities the rate you pay city plus county now together is lower than the unincorporated rate for people that don't have a city so it's about depending on any given year like um, seven to nine mills lower than the unincorporated rate, uh, where they pay all the millage rates aggregated together. So, so having a city is good. It is good. It's very good for tax rate. I mean, so you have a lower millage rate because you're in a city, and the city delivers services um, yeah, very effectively and very efficiently. And I will say, you know, um, and, and the theory, too, 
and, and Mike can chime in here, I, you know, I think one of the problems and irritations of the cities prior to incorporation was somebody in Decatur is making a, a decision about zoning and planning, and they don't, you know, DeKalb's really grown over the years. It's not the same sort of bedroom county with all kinds of rural things going on that it was. And so Dunwoody is very different than a Brookhaven, than a Tucker, than a Decatur. So you, and yet you had still this very centralized planning, and I think people weren't always happy with the outcomes of those decisions. Um, and I know Dunwoody had issues with some of the decisions being made about um, development in the perimeter area. Before, yeah, before Dunwoody formed. And so this was a way to make those decisions more local, um, you know, so they would be more appropriate for those communities because what works well in Tucker, maybe that's not what Dunwoody wants and vice versa. So, And so, we do yeah. find that there's actually distinct personalities there are. of oh, each sure. city. Mm -hmm. and, and that's just further proof mm -hmm. that the municipalization of a large county, a large population county like this, is needed and necessary. Mm -hmm. You look at Fulton, which is, other than a small sliver of Fulton Industrial Boulevard, They're totally, is yeah. totally mm -hmm. municipalized. And every city gets to pick and choose what they want to be when they grow up. And, and, and so the truth is that Dunwoody and Brookhaven, you would think, you know, according to basic demographics, they're almost identical. And yet they, and they have two totally different dreams of what they want to be. Right. Shambly. Um, very Shambly yeah. and Doraville. Um, Tucker is a brand new city, and, and they have a different attitude. And, 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 and I think Dunwoody being the farthest away from Decatur always felt kind of left out anyhow. And yet, you know, when, when I ran for mayor and when we created the city, and I was part of the, the group that created the city, the, the, the biggest sticking point in our mind was the fact that there was a glitch or a, a, a loophole in DeKalb County zoning code that allowed single-story Class C office space to be torn down and four- and five-story multifamily could be built basically without even asking for permission, just show up with the bulldozers and start, start building. And by the time Dunwoody became a city, another 12,000 apartment units had been built in Dunwoody. And so for a city of 25,000 people to all of a sudden it's have a big difference. 12,000 more units, you know, we, we end up with a population of almost 50,000 people here in Dunwoody now. I feel like that's kind of what's happened with Shambly, too, with all the apartments going up there. Well, Shambly's an interesting uh, problem. And, and, and again, each city has its own issues. 60% of Shambly's... Um, home ownership is rented really wow that's high. and so yeah, at least that was a number back when we first became a city and it was a really you know a really shocking number i, I felt the same way when i heard that it's probably 80 percent now then well um well they've also no, built a lot of people have come back and, and those houses have now sold yeah. and where you had rental families so when you had a coat you know the problem that shambly had which when you had a code violation you had to go to every single house to deal with the code violation and half the time you had to bring an interpreter with you. Mm. And there was an issue with, with how do you get this whole area cleaned up when you've got to issue a, a citation to, to all 75 or 175 houses. Well, as, as, as Atlanta has grown, as Dunwoody's become popular, as, as, as Brookhaven has done well, Doraville and Shambly are seeing a lot of those homes that were rented for the last 25, 30 years have now been sold in many cases torn down or, mm -hmm. or, or seriously upgraded. Yeah, their, their um, housing markets is hot right now. It's, yeah, very it's, hot. There's no doubt about that. And I will just add to the, you know, the mix that, again, the, the county has grown and it's big. And think about this, until I was elected, the, um, 
the representative came from the corner way, you know, way to the east. Uh, so she lived out past Stone Mountain. Yeah, mm. you know, so it's right at the very. <laughs> so no. right at the and, and and I love all areas of my district, and I love representing them too. But but that's what's really great about having these cities because, you know she couldn't understand or how could somebody that was up there understand exactly what the needs and the the sort of the flavor of the community was here yeah, you know, and it's kind of biased to where you live you're going to be biased and, and you're it. right and she, you know they, and so that's what's really great i don't i don't have to make those decisions now for all these areas because they have their cities right, that the are Tucker gonna, mayor yeah. now calls Nancy and says here's what we'd like and we need the county to do this this mm-hmm. and that in order for us to get what we want mm-hmm. and if you know now we're, we're she's dealing with the mayor who is duly elected to represent right. a, a community whereas before you know a, a county commissioner is dealing with in often cases just the loudest squeakiest wheel right. mm-hmm. may not represent anybody but this is the person who's who's hammering on the county commissioner, and so they're making decisions based on not what the community wants, but what they're hearing the loudest from person the person wants. who has the most time and energy to devote to to, to, right. to yell at their county commissioner. Well, so it's it's hard. It can be difficult to discern then what what's in, you know what does everybody want? What are the best you know outcomes here? Um, so it it does help, I think, having these municipal governments to deliver that message. You know to the mm-hmm. commission so I'm, I'm very pleased with that if, if you get a phone call about a sewage spill and it's downstream from Dunwoody do you just put it to voicemail and then but if it's upstream oh, you're, you, you get right on <laughs> no well um you bring I up hear more about the sewage yeah spill so too, so yeah. so um great segue into yeah. into our water sewer issue so yes yeah, so uh this is a huge public utility that the county runs and in um Many places, uh, we have 159 counties in the state of Georgia. In many places, the county doesn't run the water sewer operations. That's a city service, and uh, oftentimes when you get out in the county, you don't have that service, right? But it's in the cities, and you can understand why it would have developed that way in most counties around the state because you'd have the concentration of people in the city, so you put that utility there. But it is a county service here in DeKalb. And we... Um, the water system is, uh, you know, one issue we don't have, uh, generally we don't have any issues with that. We have uh, high quality water. We have a, a pretty modern um, water treatment plant. It's here in Dunwoody. The reservoirs are here. Uh, so we get water from the Chattahoochee and, and water leaves the plant and everybody gets it. The problem in the cab is the sewer system. So we have, much like a lot of cities and counties um, that developed, uh, you know, a while back and putting in their sewer system it wasn't maintained well right and you've probably heard about that in atlanta and other places so decab is one of them uh the the system hasn't been cleaned regularly it hasn't been upsized regularly and the planning for it hasn't really been done uh, like it should be and so around the middle like maybe 2009-10 the epa came a calling and said hey look you know because when you're when you have these wastewater systems obviously all that stuff is permitted through EPA at the federal level and their agent if you will at the state level is the EPD the environmental protection uh, department for the state so they come calling and they say look you're having all these sewer spills and that every sewer spill is a violation of the federal clean water act can't have not one sewer spill right just not not good and and it and it does a violation of law so they're we've had so many 
we've got to come to an agreement here. So like they've done in many places, they negotiate a deal with um, the federal government called a consent decree. They go to federal court and it gets codified. That happened in 2012. It got, it got codified uh, into what you'll hear us call the consent decree. So the consent decree is an agreement between DeKalb County, the state EPD, and the federal EPA about how DeKalb is going to clean up its sewers and fix its sewers so that we will stop spilling raw untreated sewage, you know, into the environment. So because, in those six yeah. years, it's gotten better, right? <laughs> so that's sweet. Okay. Um, <laughs> I heard you say that. The HOA yeah. meeting. <laughs> yeah. So the one of you know, there we have had some successes. Okay. There are some things. I mean, it's not that zero has been done. So I came in. I inherited it. They were uh, a few years in when I came into office, and it was very interesting. At that time, when I came in, I was always told, oh, we're EPA and EPD are very happy with us. Everything's on time. We're, we're right on schedule. It's all great. And I, I'm not a civil engineer. I never looked into this before, so I, I You're assumed. You're not testing the water. I'm, so. right, They're trying so, to get you in. Right, They're not going to tell you the worst. Right, though. right. <laughs> so I'm like, okay, it's fine. Okay, fine. You know, so the attorneys are always giving us updates. Oh, yes, we met with EPD and everything's fine. We're right on schedule. Okay, well, it turns out no, right? Just no. That was wrong. That was bad information. And so um, I'm always, you know, when, when a bureaucrat tells me something, I'm always a little bit hesitant anyway. But this man sealed the deal on this one, right? So we had, and if you look back the history, we had had, when I came in, we'd had like five watershed directors in the five years previous to me coming in. Then we had this uh, a guy who was the watershed director, and within a few months of me being in office, then he had left, and and so my wheels start turning. What's going on here? Uh, then we had this interim uh, director who I thought was definitely not up to the task, and so we had done a search, and the CEO hired um, basically uh, three people at the same time to come in as a as a leadership team, and actually did this was a good these were good hires and so we got a new watershed director a new deputy director two new deputy directors so that was the three of them uh and they were all um, well the deputy um one of the deputy directors and the director were both professional engineers registered you know professional engineers and they went about fixing things and they really uh, did uh, you know amazing work for the taxpayers and the ratepayers of the the water sewer system in decap county and they came to the commission they came to leadership and said look it's not good. You're not where you should be. Now you're, you know, five, and now we're six years, almost getting to seven years into a consent decree that's supposed to only go on eight years, and we're behind, and we're not going to meet this deadline, this deadline, this deadline, unless we do X, Y, Z, and we got to do it now. We got to execute, and so in 2016, we began doing that, and we actually made some progress, and I felt a more optimistic because it seemed like we had the A team involved here. We had uh, one, the deputy director was, had a lot of credibility with the um, agencies, the EPA and EPD, because she had helped other um, municipalities and or other governments, I should say, um, uh, navigate these regulatory uh, agencies uh, and, and, and helped these systems clean up their act and get through their consent decrees uh, successfully. And she had a lot of credibility with the EPA and EPD. And so they were very happy uh, when this new team came to place. So 2016 happens, we're making progress. And then 2017, um, you have the uh, coming in of a new administration, just like you see sometimes. More backslide. Uh, yeah, well, so you had, you know, um, 
apple basket turnover, what you know, and so. Uh, they didn't let those people go, but they, the new administration placed a new director of infrastructure over them, and it, it just, it, the environment changed, everything got slowed down, we weren't making any progress, and I think just overarching, the administration that came in in 2017 viewed the consent decree as a political problem and not a science engineering problem, which it is. I mean, right. you're, when you're spilling sewage into the environment, that's not a political problem. That's You don't solve that by saying, well, I've got relationships and I'll just fix this and I'll you know shake hands with the right people and everything will be fine. Well, it's not. And uh, I think um, the administration spent a good part of 2017 trying to make that happen. And only begrudgingly at the end of 2017 uh, decided oh, okay, well, we might have to do some things here. And uh, one of the things that the commission did to assert itself, we had never been allowed to go to the meetings the EPA and EPD were having with DeKalb County. And so I always felt like we were getting information third hand, and, and we were because we were being told things that were not necessarily accurate. So um, Mike and I uh, started attending those meetings, and we've now been to two. They don't happen often, you know, they're just every, every so once. So, so we went, and uh, it certainly gave us a different perspective uh, on it. And, and it takes the yeah. ability of, of, they can't spin of the administration <laughs> to spin the story, because yeah. we're there hearing mm-hmm. when the EPA wants to know which one of your professional engineers is putting his career on the line by signing this paper. Yeah. And nobody has an answer of which, which professional engineer is willing to sign that. And so that's become one of Nancy's uh, mm-hmm. hue and cries is, mm-hmm. is all right, who, who, who on the county side is going to sign this? Right. And they point to our engineers and, or our, our consultants, and the consultants say, no, no not we're us. Not <laughs> no, it's got to be a county employee yeah. who's a professional engineer who signs off on this. And so it's going to be interesting to see how that gets played. But um, it's, 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 it, it, I, I feel like it has definitely gotten the attention of the commission. Yeah, and, and it's, yeah. the attention of the administration. And part of the, and then it kind of leads to what's wrong with the CEO form of government. It does. The Cap County is the only county in the state that has this form. And the problem is that a new guy comes in and just because he's popular and gets elected doesn't mean he knows anything about water engineering. And it takes him a couple of years to come to speed. In the meantime, we're on a, on a timeline that doesn't have room for a new guy, and we've been through what? Yeah, we got two years left. <laughs> we've right. been through a, yeah, we've been through a few too. different um, uh, CEOs. Mm-hmm. You know, Burl Ellis went to jail. Lee May comes in. Lee May never really has the full legitimacy to be the CEO because he's kind of the interim. And then finally, uh, Burl Ellis comes in for the final two weeks of his of his administration, and then Michael Thurman yeah. steps in. And before that, you had you had eight years of Vernon, Vernon Jones, and and he didn't maintain the system. You know that administration didn't. And he, maintain you know, the and, and so Michael Thurman, you know, true in what he's saying, but it, it, it points to the problem. You know, I'm, I'm brand new here. Give me a chance. And the EPA basically is saying. Your form of government is not our problem. The <laughs> right. fact that you Just have to come problem. up to yeah, speed right, right. for two years while you're on an eight-year timeline is not our problem. It's your problem. And you can contrast this with, you know, you just when I look across the counties that have the county uh, manager form, and there's a couple of different flavors of county manager form. There's technically like the county manager, county administrator. There are a couple of different little things. But, um, but basically you have then a... 
um, somebody who is not going to change with the political change, right? And so, and then that person is re- responsible for the hiring and firing of the the people, the the competency, if you will, having those competent people in all these departments. And when that happens, you have this consistency. You know, people stay and they work in government for a long period of time. You see it in Cobb County, right, or other, you know, that you they have a long arc of professional service within within the county when you politicize that that um, function of government like we have you don't have that so every time you get a new administration they change all these uh, things uh, and so you just don't have that professional class of you know consistent leadership in these professional endeavors it's it's you know you can run for CEO and it, you have the, the skill set you have to have is, you know, again, civil engineering, plan, you know, urban planning. Uh, it, you have to know uh, all kinds of federal grant compliance issues. You're running a police department. You're running a fire department. These are all very uh, specific things that take years of knowledge in, in county government to learn how to really function as a county manager and run all of those different businesses, a, a, a landfill, you know, right? right. All, of the, all of these things well. So um, I just think that an elected form of government that has that person as the higher fire person for, for and, and the, you know, for keeping keeping the lights on, doing all the technical work, is, it's just not a good setup. And, and I think that that necessarily led to the, the problems that we see specifically with the consent decree and specifically with the sanita- or the sewer system to begin with because for years it just wasn't maintained. Whereas if you had professional management to begin with, they would know, look, you have to clean the sewers, okay, A, right? <laughs> you have to clean them. They've never been cleaned in the Cap County. And B, you... you, you wait, wait, never? Never. They've never been cleaned? N- no That's one can crazy. find any evidence of any but prior to the consent decree and... and 50 the, years yeah, of never wow. having... Yeah, never having cleaned the, the sewers. And, and the other thing, so they hadn't been cleaned. And then, like, take Shambly. We were ta- you know, we were talking about the growth and all these things going on. Okay, well, the same sewer pipes that were there 20 years ago, 50 years ago, are not the same ones you need today because you have totally a different third more people, yeah. right? And and more commercial development, all kinds of things. And so, the planning necessary and working with the development community as they were putting in new new development about okay, what are we going to do to upsize and make the system the correct size? That wasn't going on, so you don't have the right sized system to handle. Uh, the the sewer, uh, sewer capacity that we need and again all of that's alleviated if you have I'm not saying it, it there can't be problems with professional management or that you know everybody's as good as the next you know I get it there there would be a, a variability there but you would um, the likelihood that you would have all this um, changeover all the time and, and department heads and competency walks out the door and everybody has to get up to speed again, like Mike was saying, you know, it just wouldn't be the same. You you just have a better, you'd, you'd have more luck, I think. Yeah. Well, we, yeah. you know you're leaving, you're not going to do as good of a job. I mean, right. it, it's, we probably have yeah. fewer cases like what happened two months ago with the 48-inch pipe that just... Mm-hmm. Well, so and and to uh, to be fair, um, that was a completely random, crazy event. That 
It was actually a private stormwater drain that was not a county op responsibility in Doraville. That and not on any maps. Not on any maps no, either. No, not on any. Not. G yeah. So because it was a private mm -hmm. uh, stormwater drain that basically no one knew existed, and it was um, you know subterranean, and the big transmission line is over it, right? And then it fail so you had a failure critical failure of that storm drain essentially and over time it eroded uh, the earth uh, underneath that transmission main causing it to buckle and break right uh, because the earth moved shifted underneath it due to that so fair in all fairness that wasn't any you know nobody that wasn't somebody made a bad decision or we didn't clean something or whatever that was just you know you could have just said yeah. it was haunted. <laughs> I will say this. I will say this. I do think, it, you know, I always say about, I'll call balls and strikes. I won't, I, I am, I will absolutely throw you under the bus if you've done a bad job. I'll say it. I'll point it out. I make no excuses for bad government. Um, but when you do something good, I'll say, you know, they did a fairly good job. They actually handled that spill very well, especially compared to a spill we'd had a couple of years back uh, or a water main break we that took forever to be fixed. They did this pretty quickly. So I was actually very pleased with the timetable to get such a large transmission line fixed because, I don't know if you remember, a couple summers ago over in the Henderson Mill area, we had a same kind of thing. It was actually a contractor hit a... a was a fire hydrant and then it would cause this huge break and that took weeks to fix I mean weeks, weeks. weeks. it went on it was it was um I mean, it was and and that that transmission line think about this too it fed over into um Emory CDC and all that it's just a problem it's a problem but the interesting thing about this giant leak that we had up in um and Nancy and I haven't even talked about this, but I was talking to some people this past weekend about it who actually know about how this works. And the interesting thing is that 48-inch pipe that broke was basically feeding all the water from, it was coming from the Dunwoody reservoirs after they were, it was treated. It was, so this is fully treated, chlorinated water. Ends up breaking a 48-inch line under pressure. You can imagine how much water that is. It was millions, tens of millions of gallons. The problem is the entire system ended up being um, uh, under-pressurized for a few days, almost a week. And um, so now all of a sudden we're having these spot um, water main breaks all over the county. Because there wasn't enough pressure. The pressure. And, the, and the problem is these pipes in many cases are, are 30, 50 years old. And they have remained in place because the, the earth pressurized, earth pressure against the pipe was equal to the water pressure exerting against the other way. And now when, once all of that pressure was left, the earth has been cracking some of that pipe. And we've been, every day, we're getting breaks. another yeah. water leak of, mm -hmm. you know, an eight inch line, a 12 inch line, a four inch line, but it's popping up all over the uh, the county now because the pressure was, was weakened for, for, for quite a bit of time. Days. We keep our work boots in the car oh, you know yeah. we're all it's, it's almost like the, the system's trying to self-repair itself now it's like hey you know what i'm, I'm messed up you gotta, I'm, I'm gonna dole this out to you you know well and, and we don't know when this is going to end because yeah. you know it, it, if the system was depressurized for that long and yeah. then you bring it back up you, you you've got some yeah. issues that that you never would have seen had you not depressurized yeah right. that's true yeah with, that's, that's with all the spillage do you get more i mean does dunwoody you get more calls from dunwoody like with the sustainability you know no, we, well, this, we you said 14 million gallons oh, last year yeah so last year that's we had crazy. more um sewer spills than before and we spilled 14 
14 million gallons into the environment. And this is something I, I just want people to know more of because I don't think people have an appreciation because it hasn't people don't talk about it publicly you haven't heard your your elected officials waving you know their hands and saying look over here and I think a lot of people just want to shove it under oh don't don't look here this is embarrassing this is bad but I want to make people aware of it which is why we made the decision to publish all the sewer uh, spills on our social media now and so we started that I guess this year or maybe the end of last year Mm -hmm. started it it's been doing about four or five months now yeah and so um, last year 14 million gallons into the environment and in fact the largest spill ever which happened uh in the Chambly Brookhaven area where you had four million gallons go directly into Nancy Creek which flows into the Chattahoochee uh just south of Vinings around Vinings somewhere so that goes into the Chattahoochee and this has implications for the water wars in the state and because that that Chattahoochee there goes down to Columbus Columbus gets their water from uh, the Chattahoochee, they have to, you know, have special treatment now. For all the cities south of us. Yeah. Take that, Columbus. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And so it's just, you know, it's a problem. And, yes, yeah, so I want to make people more aware of it. That's why I'm publishing that. And we've got to bring that number down. Every spill is a violation of the Federal Clean Water Act. And I like Every the social spill. media thing. I heard you say that at the yeah. Dunwoody Homeowners Association. Mm-hmm. Just call them out on, yeah. on Twitter if you yeah. do something stupid. I mean, Wait, yeah, I mean, again. People should know. Right. And, and again, you know, I get calls. My garbage didn't get picked up today or something like that, right? So I always say, gosh, I'm sorry. I expect um, better service delivery 100% you know, at the time, I want your garbage picked up timely. I'm sorry, let us fix it, and I will make sure we call sanitation and we'll get somebody out there. So I make no um, excuses there, right? Uh, and and these types of things, you know, I think we do pretty well in sanitation, but even something like that, we're going to miss some. So we make some, so I will say I'm sorry and, and you know, work with government to, to, you know, fix that. This is a huge thing, though, right? And people just aren't aware of it. And if you're not, if the sewage isn't being spilled in your backyard, and some people have had that, by the way, it's been yeah. sewage spills in their yard. It's somebody's um, backyard every time. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's very true. So, you know, it, it, then people aren't just aware of it. So I want people to be aware of it because, you know, regardless of where you are on the spectrum of environmental activism, um, you know, there's, there's a big spectrum on that. I do think we can all agree this. That, Government shouldn't be spilling raw and treated sewage into the environment. And, and, and government, you know, the federal government, state government should certainly have the power to make us stop doing For that. Sure, yeah. And we need to be better stewards there. I think that we can all agree on. And so it's a big push. It's something that I, Michael, I, I hope, agree with me. I never knew I would uh, know so much about how <laughs> sewage flows. Yeah. And uh, man, I, I feel like. Well, gravity is our friend. Gravity is our friend. With your show being based in Dunwoody, you know, gravity is our friend, and Dunwoody is the top of the hill. Yeah. Oh, good. And uh, so like everything Justin goes. slides all over Dunwoody, so we yeah. go down away from Well, Dunwoody. Justin's down in Georgetown, which is just still in Dunwoody, but, you know, but everything goes goes downhill, well, and a lot we're of the people, top of the hill. And a lot of people don't realize, too, just so, okay, um, we have two sewage treatment plants, and they're in South DeKalb, so we have uh, Pole Bridge and Snapfinger, right? But um, most of my district doesn't actually have their sewage flow to DeKalb. It actually flows to Fulton and Atlanta. So basically north and west of 85, most of that flows to, so like Shambly and Brookhaven, that flows to the um, R.M. Clayton treatment plant in Atlanta. So FYI, and we pay them 
um, unbelievable amounts of, amounts of money to take a sewage from DeKalb. It's worth it. It's which hard is, to get a competitive which, which, bid when yeah. it's the only place. <laughs> the only one. Yeah, it's kind of another issue. We have to address that because we have like 10 more years on that agreement. We and really then on need top to, of that, all the, the sewage, all the sewage that, that happens north of Mount Vernon yeah. in Dunwoody, yes goes to Big Creek over in Roswell. Yes, yeah, so that goes to Fulton County. So it's just, we have learned so much about, um, More than we you know, what we happens yeah. when you flush. Yeah. Just call us, we know. Yeah. They, they have a lot of leverage because they can go, well, would you like an outhouse? That's right. <laughs> yeah, I, I, you don't want to be the guy negotiating that contract because they pretty much have you over the, over the yeah. barrel. Right. Never mind. Yeah. Well, speaking of uh, sustainability, yeah. what about the, the solar panels that sure, go over sure. the yeah. reservoir? Yeah, so... We, um, we have been approached um, by a group that wanted to do this because uh, I, I think the way it is, Georgia Power basically vets and says certain people can do certain things. They can put solar arrays and sell it back into Georgia's power system. So there's a relationship there. And so they say this is somebody who can do that. So this group comes to us and says, hey, we have an idea. Uh, we want to put a solar array on one, one of the reservoirs because you get good sunlight on a reservoir, right? And um, we'll put in all the money. We'll put in all the equipment. It's all on us. Total risk to them as a private um, entity. And we will pay you a lease fee every month to uh, or every year to have our um, array there. And so you'll make money. It doesn't cost you anything. You'll make money. And there's some good externalities like it reduces evaporation and some other things that help us lower the cost of running the, um, the plant itself that we would normally have. So, again, no taxpayer dollars because I know some people have kind of, uh, you know, given us a little kickback on this. I think is a very conservative thing to do, actually, because, again, no taxpayer dollars are involved. It's one of the reservoirs. We have three. You're so, talking about the Peeler one, right? Um, right. Well, we have three reservoirs at Peeler. So okay. this is only going to go in one of those gotcha. ponds. And so we'll get to see how it works, see what kind of um, return we get on, like, the uh, evaporation issue, see how much that helps, see how uh, if that lowers our cost uh, for running the um, plant, the water plant. And um, we're not paying for any of this and we get money so that's a return on an asset that we have that we were not getting right so i think it's a win-win for Who would have a problem with that well i think people the only pushback i've gotten i, I don't think people understood the the stories that have been out there i think there was a wabe story and a few other things and i think people have said oh why are we doing this this way but i don't think they fully understood this is entirely a risk on the private development side. And in fact, I think we heard the other day, it was Mike, it's going to be like seven years uh, for them to even recoup their investment. At least, yeah. Uh, that they're going to put in. And then again, they're, and somebody said, well, it's not going to impact the budget. Yes, it's, it, it's a small amount of money. I think we're over, I think it's like $20,000 a year for the leasing of putting this array out. However, that's better than zero because right now there's zero right yeah. so this is money and one of the things um, I had been talking to people about is you know technically when you have people that have um, problems paying water bills and so on and I'm not talking about the crazy water bills people get but just you know if you have a disabled person or a retired person that had had an issue we actually don't have any kind of um, uh, funding source to be able to help them with that because it, it is illegal to use taxpayer dollars to pay for you know to help them pay for their water bills but if we were to designate some of this uh, money to help 
indigent peoples, you know, or retired people, disabled people, when they needed help and they could apply for a grant or something like that for us to help them with their water bill. I think that would be a good, good use of it, something like that. Um, I'm not the one who gets to make that decision. That's a uh, commission decision, but I'm sure we'll be talking about that in the future. So yeah, I was excited about this whole project. And the cool thing is that, you know, this all starts with Georgia Power because Georgia Power is the one who has to figure out how they're going to absorb a huge amount of electricity. And this is several acres of panels laying on top of a reservoir, generating enough power. And I, I forget what the exact number is, but it's like, like over 2,000 homes worth of electricity is generated when the sun is shining. Obviously, we get nothing at night. But you know, how does a utility manage that that slug of electricity coming in and and you know you're pretty much you're, you know now you become you know you're, you're running the utility but you're also you're spending a lot of time watching the weather <laughs> because you've got to know okay it's gonna be a cloudy day we're only going to get this much electricity it's a sunny day we're going to get that much and in winter time it gets darker earlier so they have to they have to approve this before anything happens they have to say yes we would be willing to make this happen and then the solar company, which is the same company that is doing solarized Dunwoody, uh, goes out and finds an investor. And so they were the ones that Georgia Power reached out to. They go out and find an investor. Then they come to the county and say, we'd like to stick a floating array on top of your reservoir. And it's for us, like Nancy, like Nancy said, it's, it, it, it's so much of a no-brainer in our mind. It's just win-win-win. Are win, they doing win. this other places? Other cities have these? I mean, this company hasn't done it, but um, it is being done. I, I think this would be the second or third one in the country. That's and cool. if this works, we've got two more reservoirs. Right. And, and, and so exactly to Mike's point, yeah, this is a pilot. We're going to see it's, again, no risk to taxpayer, only, you know, positive income for, for the taxpayer. Uh, so... And we've got those, and this is the smallest pond they're putting it on. So mm -hmm. we have two larger ones, and you know, depending on what the uh, return on this investment is, maybe DeCab decides it's a good way to offset the cost of running the plant because it's very, um, as Mike and I were talking about on the way in here, the the plant itself is very. Yeah, the, uh, it, that it takes plant a, is one of the largest electricity users in the region, and one third of the cost of water is electricity pumping it out of the out of the out of the river and then treating it and then pumping it to all the um, the, the the reservoirs and silos and places where water is held and and so so if one third is electricity and we're able to dump you know to mm -hmm. bring a lot more electricity into the system again it's just a win-win-win for right and, it, and in the future maybe you know if this pilot goes well we can look at how how could we use solar to help you know, lower the cost of running that. And that's good for all the ratepayers because that could offset, uh, you know, any rate increases or it could help lower the cost and over time, that kind of thing. Even though I would also say sewage is the most expensive part of, yeah. your, of your water bill because we've got so much work to do there. But still, it's something to be thinking, you know, about, you know, you, we've got to be planning managing you know so it's a good thing it's a win-win i'm very i'm mm -hmm. very pleased so with matt that. your tv might go out when it's a dark day yeah. <laughs> being this close to it. <laughs> all right well what we, we're at 45 minutes let's wrap this one up and we can come back if they want to stick around here's something you guys got more time or we're I, not. I, sure i'm yeah. golfing at 12 30. Yeah. all right okay. well let's do it all right.